Last few years, the Bengals have drafted ahead of time. And they're replacements for a lot of the expiring contracts on the roster. There is one glaring exception. Let's talk through that and try to prioritize the Bengals' extensions after Joe Burrow this offseason and into the future. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, and you can subscribe to this show anywhere you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Become part of that first listen club. Make us your first listen every day. We appreciate all of you who do that on your way to work or while you're making breakfast, whatever you're doing. And uh, join that everyday club. Become an everydayer. As we go into the offseason... That job gets easier. Not that it's a job if you enjoy what we do. The everyday <laughs> listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast for at least the next few weeks will be a three-episode-per-week obligation on your part or experience for those of you that don't see it as an obligation, which I hope is all of you. Uh, we're in off-season mode, getting there as the Bengals wind down and are getting ready to take some time off. They have one open day for OTAs this week, and we'll have you covered after that day of OTAs. That'll be on Tuesday, so we'll have an episode Tuesday night. We'll also have an episode Thursday night for Friday, so Tuesday for Thursday, and of course this episode Sunday for Monday, Sunday night upload for your enjoyment on Monday. We'll follow the same schedule for minicamp most likely. That's a little bit more up in the air depending on how things go that week, how the minicamp schedule ends up shaking out. But for the foreseeable future, until you hear otherwise from us, Unless we have some specials coming up, which we might, and we'll tell you about them when we do, we'll probably be on a three-episode-per-week schedule for a little bit here as the Bengals kind of are quieter getting into the the peak offseason, the, the doldrums of the offseason before training camp picks up. And that doesn't mean we don't have a show today, James. Today, we've got this idea. It came from the mailbag last week, and it was a question from... Alex Zabonik asking us to kind of prioritize and talk about the likelihood of, of different guys getting extended. And the Bengals MO lately has been second contracts. Mm-hmm. We'll pay second contracts. We're not really happy to pay third contracts. Not a whole lot of third contracts, if any, have to really look on this team right now. Is Ted Karras a third contract or did he get traded to Miami? Uh, I mean, he's technically a third, but he bounced around. Like he signed yeah. a one-year deal and one-year deal. So technically, but no, this is his first real long-term. Right. Contract. He got a, he got the one-year deal. deal. Yeah, he he did the prove-it deal kind of thing. That's right. So not many third contracts. Fair mm-hmm. to say. Yep. Almost no one you can point to and say the Bengals signed this player at age twenty-nine or age thirty or older in the last five years or so. Mm-hmm. They've drafted as well, like I said, a lot of the heir appearance at a lot of positions where they have expiring contracts. And as you go through this roster, you can see that at corner. We saw that at safety. You can see that at slot wide receiver, potentially, if Tyler Boyd isn't back. And he talked about his potential future. 
Well, what do you think? Are yeah. they doing a pretty good job with, with preparing themselves for those? What do you, what do you think about it, those it, three? It, it's it's an interesting conversation because for years and years now, and you know, the, during this run, they've had so much success signing guys to second that are entering their prime, second year deals or second uh, contracts. Chidobe Awuzie is as good of an example as any, where that first four seasons in Dallas, he deals with some injuries. He isn't the guy that we've seen for the past two years. And hopefully we see this season as he comes back from the ACL, but he wasn't a number one corner in Dallas. And he was a second round pick. And I think the Bengals like some of the traits and they stole him. He, he be, quickly became one of the best values in the NFL. And that's just one of the many examples. And so it's like, okay, well, Chidobe Awuzie, let's say he goes out there and plays well this year. Sounds great. Are the Bengals signing him to that third contract? Are they, would they, if he had stayed healthy last year, tried to sign him to an extension this offseason? Or is DJ Turner, Cam Taylor Britt, do we see the writing on the wall with potential replacements? That's where this Bengals team is because they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow and they're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, I think they want to pay and they want to make sure that works too. And so you have to get younger on defense less expensive. And I look at a lot of these guys, Trey Hendrickson, right? Huge, huge second contract has paid off, but they just drafted Miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd talking about his future, knowing that the writing could be on the wall, that he goes elsewhere, knowing that if he was a free agent right now, maybe he would have signed for more. In fact, I think he would have. If he was a free agent this offseason, he might have been the top uh, receiver. I mean, there was no one really out there. You know, it was uh, Jacoby Myers was, was a guy who got $13 million per year, Juju Smith-Schuster. I certainly think Tyler Boyd could be in that class or close to it. And instead, he's making $8 million this year. I don't know if the Bengals are going to be able to keep a Boyd if they re-sign Higgins. I think that's probably unrealistic. Uh, DJ Turner, probably Chidobe Awuzie's replacement, whether you like it or not. The one guy that there is no obvious replacement for, and we mock defensive tackles. Even in a weak defensive tackle class, we mock some nose tackles to the Bengals before the draft for this reason. DJ Reader is almost 30 years old. He's about to be 30 in a few months. And no extension, contract year. Will the Bengals sign him to a third deal? I think that's a big question, especially considering the last defensive tackle, and they're different. Geno Atkins, a much different player, I think, than DJ Reader. But the last time they did that, it kind of burned them a bit with, with one of the best players in franchise history, even though Geno was pretty darn good in 2019 before he got hurt in 2020. Small correction, in, unless everything I just checked is wrong. I got a date of birth on DJ in 1994. So he's 29, I believe, in July. Oh, Spotrack is wrong. Good try. Spotrack has him at 29.7. So, yeah, that's all so that is. He, he's he's 28. He, he's about to be 29. But, he, yeah. you know, age 30 season next year. So you would still be yeah. signing him. Yeah, They would be signing him going into the age 30 season, which we haven't seen them do. Cheeto, very similar bucket, born in 1995. So he'll be 29 next year. But, but those are guys that in the past the Bengals – have not extended. And we've seen it numerous times in the past few years. We've seen them not be involved in free agents at that point. I do wonder 
before we talk about DJ Reader in depth, and we will go there, I think, next, how – or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll talk about this next. Will this philosophy change as they have more money locked in to Jamar and to Joe Burrow, potentially T. Higgins, yeah, potentially Logan Wilson, right? As they have more long-term commitments, will they open themselves up the way you see a lot of teams do in championship windows to more of those one-year, two-year, short-term veteran ring chaser type deals. I, I think it's a good topic, and those are the two things we should hit on, reader and then that, because that is at some point – well, let, let's get into it. Let, let's answer that question and, and discuss reader as well. We'll do that coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on Bengals is brought to you by FanDuel. And the NBA Finals are here. And whether you're all in on Jimmy Butler in the heat, maybe you think Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets are going to get it done and win their first championship in team history, well, you have to get to FanDuel right now because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. It's the perfect time to take advantage of this offer because – well, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And whether you're betting the money line, whether you want to take the over on Jimmy Butler points, the under on the Denver Nuggets, you can tell where my loyalty lies. I'm just kidding. Of course, Nikola Jokic is a beast, back-to-back MVP, and has a chance to become the NBA Finals MVP. So if you want to wager on that or anything else, NBA Finals, Major League Baseball, you need to get to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your no-sweat-first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. DJ Reader or philosophy on one-year veteran ring chaser deals next, James? Where do we go? Let's talk about Reader because he's – is he the best player on their defense? He's certainly in the conversation. Who's ahead of him? player on the defense you would have to make it yeah Yeah. i think so probably like trey hendrickson in the conversation mike hilton in the conversation healthy cheeto in the conversation i I think those guys are all in the conversation but yeah what what dj reader was doing last year when he was healthy which before and after his injury was all pro level stuff like the guy was doing freakish things game in, game out as a nose tackle, which is hard to do. There's only a few guys in the NFL that can do freakish things as nose tackle every week. And so with that said, picking him number one, it's it's a balance because he's entering year four with the Bengals. And two of those years, he's dealt with significant injuries. The first Mm -hmm. year, well – it's okay because they weren't good and they weren't going to be good even with him on the field. And clearly he rebounded in 2021. Last year was able to come back and make a huge impact, like you said, after going down early in the season. So I, I think it's it's a dilemma for the Bengals because he doesn't grow on trees. He's very, very hard to find. Someone that yeah. makes an impact like that at that spot. And so if anyone made them at least discuss the idea. Because everyone talks about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. Duh. But like Logan Wilson. Are you sure you need to get a deal done with Logan Wilson? Or can that money go towards DJ Reader? Like, 
that's the part where I think it's interesting is everyone just assumes those three because it's the same draft class. Reader is that good, but the health part matters. Him, will what kind of deal does he want? Does he want to go out and maybe have a, I don't know if he'll have an all pro type year. I know he was playing like it. It's just really tough at defensive tackle, but could he make his first pro bowl in a contract year and, and, and make a push there? He should have already made pro bowls, by the way. Yeah, It's silly, but hasn't. I do wonder from that aspect because you're right. He could very well want a raise. And I don't know if the Bengals are in going to be in a spot to give him that raise, depending on how he plays this year. And so do they try to get ahead of it? I'm not sure they will. I think they'll make him play it out. And that's uh, it's going to bode for a potential dilemma in what, 10 months or so, what, nine months. Yeah. And I think like from the team perspective, knowing how they operate, they're probably going to make an argument about his health if they were going to try to extend him, knowing how the team operates. They wouldn't be entirely wrong to do that from a business perspective, from a negotiation perspective. This is how it works in the NFL. But defensive tackles get paid right now. Dexter Lawrence, $22.5 million deal. We just saw Ed Oliver, who has not been as good as DJ Reader, but is much younger signed a six what 16 million 17 million dollar deal dj reader currently making 13 million dollars which at the time for nose tackle we thought was a lot it was and and now he's making less than dalvin tomlinson is making from the browns 14.25 million dollars or a number of other players kenny clark who's really good not not a great example but plays nose tackle more disruptive plays a lot of nose tackle for the packers 17 and a half million dollars vita vea the pre- previous preeminent nose tackle in the NFL, $17.75 million. So the number for reader, I would guess, even for a third contract, even though he's a little bit older, Javon Hargrave at age 30 just signed a $21 million deal, different position, but interior defensive lineman, is probably 16 plus on the low end. Mm-hmm. Do you have that in the budget when you have those, those numbers coming up on offense? It- I don't know. Honestly, if you're telling me you're getting younger everywhere else on defense, Miles Murphy is either Hubbard or Hendrickson's long-term replacement. And Hendrickson, well, we'll have to have a conversation around him. He's set to make a lot of money in 2024 and could certainly be on the, the block if he doesn't play extremely well this season. And I, I think well, he knows that, and part of that is the Miles Murphy pick. Can, can you exp- where, where is that coming from? You're not the first person to mention that, and I've never thought of Trey – as as a cut candidate like his his contract yeah he has a cap hit of 17.5 million dollars but that's still like ninth most in the nfl next year and you're not going to get a guy in my opinion that is at his level next year he, he is the whole bengals pass rush right? i guess you have to see what miles murphy and joseph osai do this year sure but the idea yeah. of, of cap cutting trey hendrickson next year seems misguided to me it depends on what he does and in, in his impact versus these other guys. That's the part of it. I mean, yeah, if he has a down year, sure. That, then you can talk he had a down about year it. last year. I think he was still really good last year. He didn't doesn't have matter. Sacks, but he was still eight, really, really eight, good. Eight, sacks is not, eight, eight sacks will not get it done. He better get close to that. He better be in the, the double digits again. For we, 18 we million to, We need to evolve beyond sacks, James. That's fine. It sounds cute. 
That's why no one wanted the Bengals to sign Trey Hendrickson and question the signing too. And the Bengals said, actually, he finishes plays and gets sacks. It shouldn't be crazy to ask him to do that, especially with this defensive line. We've talked about it, 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 about how deep they are. And so hopefully you can keep him fresher because he did deal with injuries late in the season. I'm not saying cut him. I'm saying if he has six or seven sacks this year, even with a bunch of pressures, I think the Bengals would look at that and say, I don't know. Because that might be the difference between – that might be the difference between keeping reader and not keeping reader, right? Yeah, That's, I mean, I guess it depends on the context of the overall pr- pass rush production profile because despite the sack number last year, he was still one of the best pass rushers in the NFL last year. And I'm not saying he's not good. That's not – but when you're making that type of money, the Bengals are going to want you to produce at a high – and I think he will – when you have $2.5 million in, in dead money and you could save a ton of cap space, there's at least a chance, especially with a guy like Miles Murphy behind you. And who knows? Maybe Murphy doesn't produce or Hendrickson has a great year. Hopefully he has 22 sacks this year. And then it's just a no-brainer. you know, Or, or it's a, a million dollars per sack. He gets 17. That'd be nice. 17 and a half sacks in 2023. And then it, it's a no-brainer. So I, I don't think it's like a... I think they've discussed a ton, but I, I wouldn't rule it out completely, I guess is how I would, I would look at Hendrickson. And part of it is because of this. I don't, I don't know, even with a reader replacement, what, still in college or wherever, I don't know if you're getting one in free agency, uh, with reader's replacement not on the roster, I don't know if they bring him back. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign him to a $17 million per year type deal. Probably more, right? But like that's what I look at as a floor. But you look at the roster and there's nobody. There's there's nobody else. Their defensive tackles under contract in the future are BJ Hill and Zach Carter. They gotta do something there. This is the last year for JT Fale for Josh Tupo, in addition to DJ Reader. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have some control over, you know, some college free agents and and Dominique Davis, who was a street free agent for them last year, but you're not relying on those guys as starters. Something's going to have to give there. They're going to need to invest some resources at that spot. I think more than most, when you look at this roster, like they might need to invest in right tackle in the future. In a couple of years, they're probably going to need to invest in the interior offensive line again. But for next year, there's nothing really there. You're, you're, you're scraping the cupboards. That's not a phrase. I don't but... Think. But that's so that's the argument for it is it's like he doesn't grow on trees. We have him. It's kind of the same argument as your Hendrickson one. The impact is there. It costs a lot, but it's worth it. And in an ideal world, you'd, you'd be able to extend Reader and have Hendrickson. Maybe you extend Hendrickson if you can and, and lower that. Well, I, you might even be able to lower that that cap hit if you do that and extend him after this year or extend him this offseason. It would have to be this offseason. Right? No, next offseason. I'm getting these contracts confused. DJ? That said, no, no, no. Trey. Trey. You yeah. could you could extend him after this year and massage that that money down a little bit if you mm-hmm. wanted to. But you might not want to push it because that might yeah. impact the borough. Who knows, right? But the point is if for them to keep this level, they're going to have to find the line of getting younger at some spots while also keeping quality guys. You can't just go all in on young and expect all of these guys to replace these, these veterans that you've brought in. 
at the same time, you can't keep all of them and just hang on to to this window with all of the old guys. Some of them are going to go. So they just need to, much like they did in free agency over the past few years, they need to pick the right guys to keep and the right ones to, to let walk. And I think that's a fine line. Yeah, at some point when your QB spending money increases, something has to give elsewhere. Somehow, something has to give elsewhere. The Bengals currently, it's, it's not nothing. They're, they're about in the middle of the pack for QB spending because Joe Burrow was a first overall pick. And that's not all that cheap, despite what uh, Bean, the Bills GM, would like Brandon you to believe. Bean. Yeah, yeah. despite what Brandon Bean would like, like you to believe. The Bengals cap commitments to Joe Burrow currently – and in the last couple of years have not been extremely high compared to Josh Allen. But that is also part of the conversation is Joe Burrow's contract structure. How does that fit into this whole thing? Because depending on when that cap hit jumps up for Joe Burrow, which I believe is just now happening. No, it's not even happened yet. The, the cap hit for Josh Allen goes from $20 million to $47 million for the bills from this year to next year. Mm-hmm. So, he signed that extension, what, two years ago, right? They still had two mm. more years of that cap hit being pretty reasonable. So Burrow's cap hit, depending on the way the Bengals do the deal, which is why we're so interested in the structure, might not actually really hold the Bengals back and hurt them very much right away. They might have a little bit of time before that cap hit really goes crazy, and that might give them a couple more years for some of these veterans, but... That's kind of where you would have liked to have seen if the, if that was a plan, some of these extensions getting done, if if that was a plan. And it's hard to make that the plan for aging defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a balance. Let's dive into your your other question, which is championship window, veterans looking for a ring, potential discounts. And I, I think it's I think it's a good question, and it's something the Bengals are going to have to be open to. So let's discuss that coming up next. That is a question that we thought the Bengals might get into this year. Remember, mm-hmm. go back to our free agency preview. We talked about the possibilities of maybe this is a year they start doing those one-year ring chaser deals for some of those veterans that have a little bit left in the tank and mm-hmm. want to try to win on a team that's clearly in a Super Bowl contending window before mm-hmm. they retire, before they're done playing football. Mm-hmm. Didn't really see that. Saw some players want to come play for the Bengals and probably more approach the Bengals than we heard about, uh, you know, from our conversations with various folks in the Bengals employ in their front office. But they didn't go that route. They signed a mercenary tight end or two. And outside of that, their free agent, their big free agents were extending Jermaine Pratt and Orlando Brown, multi-year deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're not I... seeing it yet. But I, I, it has to be the, the further we go into this thing, I keep expecting them to pivot to this idea where they need a guy for a year at a spot for a year. Maybe it's next mm-hmm. year on the defensive interior, right? Maybe this is where we see it for the first time. Who knows? Maybe. I, I think on offense, it's it's interesting because you know it's easy to say Charlie Jones, but what if you need a slot receiver next year and Boyd just gets the bag thrown at him? It, could certainly go that route. I think receivers, yeah. tight ends, skill players, running backs. I'm just looking at the 2024 free agent class. Like Hunter Henry 
it's an interesting one. If if that ended up happening, right, where isn't, you could get, isn't, isn't what? Isn't he still going to get paid? Isn't he? How old is Hunter Henry now? I, I don't know. Thirty. He'll be. Uh, he'll be twenty nine. He'll be twenty nine then. Um, but I don't know, right? Do you get that? I mean, he got paid in New England. At some yeah. point, you're going to want to win. But uh, guys like that, I, I think offense, offense, offense. I think a lot of those guys. They're going to be attracted to Cincinnati. Now, defensively, if Lou stays, which would be such a nice thing, right? You have this proven track record of veterans coming in and him finding the best spot for them. And I I think that's the other part. It's not just winning. These free agents that have come here have had success. And uh, unless you're, you know, some not in on football guy that clearly didn't like football, like Trey Waynes, it works. And I know he dealt with injuries too, but he was just not in all in on the idea of playing for the Bengals. And I think it was a struggle from the get-go. But, yeah, there are a lot of guys. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think they'll need a guard, but Kevin Zeitler would be a free agent again. Doing that, that again? Gosh. I know, I, I, but I, I'm just saying, like, guys like that that might not have a ring that could be in, oh, in the, I, the I say the that ring. because I don't want to see the Bengals make that mistake again if he's still playing well, which, I mean, guys, the guy's – been playing well his entire career. Yeah. yeah. So I think at some point they will need to pivot and not just third contract guys. And, and they're going to have to keep some of these guys. Maybe it is Hendrickson. Maybe they say no to Reader and they say it's harder to find the, the edge rusher. We're going to, to pay Hendrickson. But I actually think of the two, which one ages better, might be Reader, might be the interior guy. And, and mm. so I, I, I do wonder – that is a take. There. But is it? Yeah. Just just based on the history of the positions, you, you see the interior guys tend to fall off a cliff, I think, a little bit harder and without warning more than the edge guys. I, I just think the way he wins, right? It's not – he's not going to wake up and not be strong and be able to move a house with his body. Like he just does that. You, you see so. that though. That, that's the thing that happens. I, and, may, and maybe it will with Reed. I just don't – I don't. But anyways, the point is, is they'll have to supplement that with mm-hmm. some of these other the other veterans. They're just – they're going to have to because when you're f- playing for championships, you can only rely on so many young guys, so many guys that even if they played in huge, huge games in college, it still takes a little time, most of the time. Jamar Chase's don't grow on trees where they're streaking downfield after a, a rookie record type season in his first year in the NFL with a chance to win a Super Bowl. That doesn't happen. Most receivers don't even get on the field as rookies. Like we saw it last year in the rookie class. Like it is not the same in that Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase won two back to back years and T. Higgins to a certain degree, too. I think that kind of clouded things a bit. So, rookies, it, it's hard for rookies to get on the field and make a huge impact on a contending team. So, Hopefully they can attract the, the the right veterans as well and be open to signing them because, yeah, I think that's how they're going to remain in this championship window and extend it. And who knows? Maybe we still see that this year. There's still time left. There's Ooh. still veterans out there. Maybe Ooh. you see somebody take a one-year deal. Uh-oh. Name one. Ooh. I mean, I, Go ahead. The, the guys that I'm thinking of are going to get bigger deals than – but like Sue would be the one that would be the cheaper end of this Sue? if he wants to play again. He's fun. Gronk. 
He's, he's yeah. I'm just really uh-huh. trying to bother people. <laughs> Grok, who's like doubled down, tripled down on he's not playing again in the last month or so. Uh, on, but Gronk. like the, the bigger names are like the Dalton Risners, who are probably still looking for multi year deals somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there is one other guy whose name I'm now forgetting. He's still out there, and I can't remember it now. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see as camp goes on. Leo Jones. No. I don't think Sammy so. Watkins. Nikhil Harry. Jarvis Landry. Those guys are all free agents? Yeah. I Kenny guess I'm Galladay. not too surprised. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'm not surprised by any of them, really. Jake Kumaro. Oh, now there's a name that's going to end up playing with Aaron Rodgers in New York City. Stanley Berryhill. Bet you never heard of him. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode Willie of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Is we'll that be a back. real person? On Tuesday after the open OTA period to get your Marcus Johnson. updates while James continues to name wide receivers you haven't heard of. Until then, Andre, thanks for listening. Andre Roberts is 35. Wow. To this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one.